Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast. My name is Freddie Gray. I'm the deputy editor of The Spectator and the editor of its US edition. We thought that 2020 was going to be all about the presidential election, but now it will forever be the year of the pandemic. So instead, Americano is going to look at how COVID-19 is transforming the United States and its politics. There's a lot to talk about, perhaps even more so than before. So please keep tuning in. I'm joined today by Charles Wolford, who is a sports journalist at The Times, the London Times, not the New York Times. And we're going to be asking, how is the NFL handling the pandemic? Now, Charles, before I start, we should put out a warning. We're two Brits talking about American sports. And I know we have quite a few American listeners and it can be very annoying for Americans to hear Brits talk about sports. But you actually know what you're talking about. I don't really, although I'm an enthusiast. But I do think it's interesting how different American sports have approached the pandemic and perhaps we could compare it to the way football or soccer uh, has handled it in Britain and elsewhere. But first of all, let's talk about your piece which you've done for us, which is about the NFL and about how they're they're coming back. The season will start in September, September the 10th. As it stands, as, as I touch upon, the fact is so much could go wrong between now and then. In ways, it's very you know it's very hard to anticipate. But they are pushing ahead to to get going on schedule on September 10th. So it's the NFL, the league, took this decision that they were going to ask players whether they were willing to rule themselves out, and they had to say at the beginning of the season, before the season starts, I'm going to rule myself out. I don't want to play because I'm not willing to accept the risk. And 67 players said they were not willing to play. They didn't want to uh, play because of coronavirus. And was that more or less than people were expecting? I don't know where what sort of would have regard they would have regarded as a in their heads what you know the number that might cause them some kind of panic. I think there were issues, obviously, with all these things. There are discussions between players' associations, so the players' union and, and the league. And I think some players felt the deadline was sort of rushed upon them before they'd had a chance to properly properly think. So maybe the league feared that there would be more. Maybe they feared into the hundreds. But it's quite hard for players to make a decision at the end of July for something that's still six weeks away. And I know in terms of preparing for a new season, that's usually not much. By the end of July, they're they're in training. They're, they're getting ready for their sort of pre-season friendlies and, and they're in the swing of things. And, and but, but when you're in the midst of the pandemic and you're looking at how other sports are dealing with it, six weeks feels quite a long time away. So I think for some players... They just didn't want to make the call that soon. So I think ultimately, I think the league will be quite happy that only 67 pulled out. I mean, don't forget, for our, for our English listeners, that sounds like a lot. Don't forget, an NFL squad is 53 players, plus the guys in the practice squad mm. waiting to step up. So as a, as a percentage, I think it only came out at about 3.5% of, of league players. So it's, it's not that high a number at all. But a few of them... A handful, maybe, are uh, sort of big stars. They're, they're they're major players. Is that fair to say? Yes. I mean, you've got the likes of Damian Williams last seen in the Super Bowl, scoring a couple of touchdowns, scoring the touchdown that clinched it for the Chiefs. You've got CJ Mosley at the New York Jets. You've got Nate Sold at the Giants. I mean, they're not they're not the huge names. They're not the marquee names. They're not your quarterbacks. They're not your star running backs. I mean, Williams is is a good player, but might he have made it as a start of the Chiefs this season? You, you just don't, you know, that there is there is some churn in the rosters that that's just an accepted part and parcel of the game. So I think that's part of the reason why teams have been not been necessarily happy with play, players opting out, 
but they've been prepared to go along with the league allowing for this to happen. I, I mean, the, the question remains, and, you know, if had it been Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Cam Newton, just turning around and saying, you know what, guys, I'm not doing it this season, Lamar Jackson. If those guys start putting the names forward as, as opting out, then, then the league starts having to make a decision. I think the league will be reasonably happy with, with, with how it worked out. I mean, you, you do have important players on teams. The Patriots were hit. They've got a couple of key defensive players, Dante Hightower and Patrick Chung, key players on the defence, and they're, they're not there this season. But they could have, you know, they could have got injured in week one. They could have got injured in, in, in pre-season training. You know, this is a it's a high-risk sport that these guys are playing. Well, quite they could get they can get paralysed any game, right? So, so coronavirus is, is a minor risk in comparison to the risk they take every time they're stepping out onto yeah. the pitch. If you you just need to look at some of the collisions that go on in the game, the you know the knee injuries, the ankle injuries, the the ones that properly keep them out for a long time, or you know in some cases end their career. These guys play with risk. They their idea of risk is very different to what your mine idea of risk is. These are these are guys who put themselves in physical harm every week, and they do it willingly and they do it knowingly. And you know, and, and the science around COVID, some people aren't prepared to accept it. Some people are happy to ignore it. There are some people. I'm not saying NFL, but there are some people who, who regard the whole thing as a hoax. So you know, so these guys they're presented with very real risks, their physical well-being every week. Every, every day in training, potentially. Though obviously, contact training is not what it is, but, you know, a torn muscle, say. Yeah. This, this sort of mystery virus that perhaps they've had no experience of. Perhaps they don't have any friends who, who've had the disease. They don't know anyone who's, who's actually suffered from the disease. So for them, it's, they, they're not necessarily sitting there going, here's a real risk to my health playing the NFL. And uh, apart from the opt-out, the, the league's approach has been to say pretty much it's up to the players to be responsible for being COVID secure. Well, I mean, they, they've had, they've got strict, they've got these strict guidelines. They say, you know, there's, there's no, no mingling. They've, li- they've limited gatherings. You know, players aren't allowed to be in gatherings. I think it's more than 15 people. So I don't know, you know, what, if you get to 14 people, you're, you're suddenly safe. I think, you know, it's all the, the kind of stuff that you can pick holes yeah. in. And, you know, let's be honest, the only properly so- safe way to social distance is shut yourself in the house and, never leave and obviously that's not going to happen no one no one's saying they do that so they've, they've come up with strict regulations but they didn't take the bubble approach which is what the nba the basketball league did and the ice hockey league have done right no well the the nba have been helped by the fact they're playing uh down in disney world or disneyland apologies american is the one in, the one in florida yeah. um and i don't know which is which but they, they've so there's, there's a sporting complex there they've got all the hotels on site you know, got, I think they've got three big hotels. I think there are three basketball arenas that they can use. And the, so the nature of the game is just that bit easy. And also in a basketball squad, in a travelling squad, you've got, I don't know, you've got five starters, five backers. I imagine maybe a basketball squad consists of 15 players, mm. or 53 players. So you have the sheer number of people involved is on a different scale to certainly basketball and, and ice hockey. And, and, you know, the nature of, of the arenas is it's easier just to, to have to, the, the smaller arenas. And, I mean, I'm not sure if the bubble was, was broached there. I think then you've got to work out where where do you play the game and do you just play back-to-back games? And there's a certain element of, you know, the league likes a lot of games to be played at the same time for, for television purposes. Maybe they would have enjoyed a, 
you know, having four or five games back to back on a on a weekend, on a Saturday and a Sunday, and then maybe a couple of games on a Monday night. But I don't know if the bubble idea ever was really on the table as an option. I imagine the teams probably said no straight yeah. away. Well, it um, wasn't for baseball, was it? I mean, baseball, there was a big row between the, the players and, and the teams over whether they should be paid less because there's no crowds. or And then they returned in a sort of fairly loose way, and it seems to have backfired a bit. Is that right? Yes. I mean, they there were rows over whether they should get paid for a sort of a prorated for a smaller season and then suddenly the owners were like oh hang on we're not actually getting crowds in either so we're going to get even less money so you should be paid less so they had all that so once that happened they agreed a 60 game season but there, again there was no there was no idea of a bubble it was they were just doing it in a similar way to the, that they normally do and the problem that you have there with baseball which you don't have in the NFL is that they'll play three three road games in a row so you have a trip you fly out into town, stay the night, play your three games, fly out. So you've got three, four, five nights in a hotel. You've got mm. young guys, three, four, five nights in the hotel. They're not just going to sit there and order room service for five nights in a row. They're not, sadly. And who, who can really expect them to? They are, you know, they're, they're young guys, they're professional athletes. They're not used just to being sort of pent up like that. So they go down to the hotel bar. Perhaps they mingle. Perhaps they go out for a drink somewhere else. And before you know it, it was only the it was the Miami Marlins and the uh, St. Louis Cardinals had the two breakouts. Ultimately, that was the irresponsibility of the players. Yeah. Whether we can sympathise them, then in many respects you can. You know, four or five nights away from home on your own, you're not just going to train, play a game. You know, also, yeah. it's, it's a- well, you're much more sympathetic than me. I mean, I tend to think these guys have paid so much money, most of them, that they they could they could suck it up for a few days. I mean, I realise 60 games, 60 baseball games is quite a few days, but still, I'm not saying I would do it. But. No, I know. It's, it's, it's a thought of things. We, you know, we look at the example of uh, the Test cricketers in England and they've had sort of three weeks, in a, in a, but they've had it kind of almost, they've had a, the hotel sort of set up for them to, to live away from home for three weeks. Whereas I think if you're just travelling in and out of a hotel here, there and everywhere, also they, you know, there's, there's, none of these hotels are sort of biosecure bubbles in and of themselves. Yeah. So... If you're, if you're staying, if you're asking someone to stay in a hotel and not leave a hotel that is shut out from any outside influences, the disease can't get into the hotel. Everyone who's coming in is checked and, and what have you. That's not the case. You know, it's not the case in baseball. Which again begs the question: Why not do the bubble? They, they have spring training every summer. They all pile on down to Clearwater in Florida. Everyone's there. Everyone's playing. Everyone's staying around. I, again, I don't know if that was sort of thought of as a, as a serious as a serious option to get the game restarted. But then if you're playing a 60-game season, do you really want, you know, do players want to be away from home for three months? When the NFL comes back with, we imagine, no crowds? As it, as it stands, I think only I think only the Washington football team, as we must call them now, have said definitely no fans. The Philadelphia Eagles did then rode back within about 24 hours. But I think the reality is certainly... For the start of the season, I'd be astounded if any fans are are there. And if there, if there are, it would be a very limited number. Do you think, having been to quite a few NFL, I've been to a few NFL matches, I imagine the crowd is probably slight of similar importance in terms of atmosphere and the occasion as it is to an English football match, soccer match. Yes, it is. In, in, I mean, in many ways more. When you've got the um, sort of opposition quarterback make, trying to make a call on third down, the noise levels rise... The crowd are really on them, just trying to make it as difficult as possible 
for for communication to happen for the team. Whereas you know, playing in a silent stadium, as it were, it will it will help. It will certainly help the visiting teams who may otherwise have been you know signals drowned out and just the sort of intimidatory factor of, of certain crowds. So yeah, I mean, some something is lost there. They you know, when when they restarted the Bundesliga, it was interesting that the number of away wins. You know, wins by the away team was, I think it was above, certainly for the first four weeks they returned, it was above 50%, when usually it's down down about 30%. It may even been higher, actually, to be honest. So yeah, I think I think there is a factor there without the fans that the, that the away teams should be less hindered. And the uh, home advantage is is a factor. I mean, the, the Chiefs, did they have a particular, they were particularly strong at, at their home ground last season and went on to win the Super Bowl. Is that right? Yes, yes, they were. I mean, home advantage is a factor, but interesting. I was I was listening to something the other day, and they were certain that they were running the numbers, and it, it, it can actually be found there were there were certain teams for whom it's actually not an advantage when they look at the number of points scored away from home or at home and their and their results. I think basically, if you're if you're a poor team playing in front of your home, your own crowd, the pressure of playing in front of that crowd and the fear of failure can get to you. So that so that might help some teams not having fans there. But home advantage is it, it is a thing. It's why it's why teams try to win their divisions, try and get home advantage through the playoffs. And but but yeah, it's all aspects. It's, it's the fans. It's the it's the lack of travel. It's the familiarity with the routine. So home advantage isn't isn't just just about having the you know eighty five percent ninety percent of the crowd on your side. There are a lot, a lot of things that that go into it. But I think the fans certainly are a factor. Well, an NFL has away from just coronavirus NFL has become a, a political football in many ways hasn't it in in the sense it's got caught up in the culture wars the Colin Kaepernick row taking yeah. a knee Trump very often going after the NFL sort of playing on the kind of the average sports fans resentment towards a lot of these players I mean does that become does that become less relevant if this next season is effectively a bit of a, an odd one like like the end of the football season in England I, I don't know I mean it Trump will always he will just use the NFL and you know overpaid young players. It's just a, it's just dog whistle for his followers. Any, anything they do something wrong, Kaepernick takes a knee. God damn him, disrespecting. You know we've given him all these. You know this country's given him a wonderful opportunity, and he's just disrespecting us. You know that that's I think those sort of narratives are always going to remain. That's. Um, Certainly, it's going to, they're going to remain as long as Trump is in there. But also, you know, there, there is an element of... Well, I mean, I again, you're more sympathetic than I am, but I, I, I feel slightly sort of irritated by the, you know, I'd call it virtue signalling that goes on around, you know, the, when, when you have entire teams taking a knee and things, and you just think I, don't think, I don't see what this does beyond aggravate people. I mean, we could get into whether it's a, a true expression of racial solidarity, but perhaps we shouldn't. Well, I, well, I, th- I, th- I mean, I, I think there's... The, with the taking a knee, there are two things. Obviously, when Kaepernick first started doing it four years ago, and you know, and there were players there, and it was, and, and there was solidarity, and I, you know, I think there was there was a lot of sympathy there. And I think it was the right time, but now it's it's come around again. Obviously, Kaepernick's been proved right with mm. you know, you know, he's protesting against police brutality. Oh, look, it's it's still happening now. So obviously, they were right to protest an, an issue, but whether well, whether the controversial a, thing now would be to not take a knee. I think. <laughs> That, I mean, now, now it's a, now it's a strange one, isn't it? You know, you look at we look at the the, the Washington football team. The, the the Native American population have long been certain parts of them have long been against the name of the, of the, of the Washington Redskins. 
They'd long asked for it to be changed. They've long been ignored. Suddenly now, Nike and other sponsors who have, you know, hold certain financial sway suggest that they might want to change their, their name in a in, you know, politically sensitive, for politically sensitive reasons. We're now in, in a time where suddenly the Redskins do the right thing. I mean, whether you, there, are, there will always be people who say they shouldn't bow to this political pressure. There will be people who say they were right to. There will be people who say it's come 20 years too late. Who will say it's the right decision for the wrong reasons. So I, 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 think, think, it, I think it's sad because I always thought it was just a really cool helmet. Well, actually, um, yeah, I was, I was uh, amongst my various collection of NFL and American sports memorabilia. I do actually now own what I probably think will be a collector's item at some point, you know, a Washington Redskins T-shirt replete with Native American um, head <laughs> thereon. So, that could be very so, valuable. Or it could be like having a, having a Confederate flag or something in 10 years' time. <laughs> well, yeah, well, there is, there is that, yeah. Let's end on a, on a more uh, cheerful note, I think, and ask, I want to ask you if, assuming this season goes ahead, and it's not a complete disaster with COVID. Do you think the Chiefs will do it again, the Kansas City Chiefs? Oh, you can't ask me that. I, it's, I'm going to say yes. Okay. You don't have it's, to give. You don't have very, to give any explanation. Yeah. <laughs> it's very hard to repeat in the NFL. You know, there are guys who are. You know, the, there is the team will change a bit. Guys come in. Guys, you, know, you the aim of when you're, a, when you're an NFL player, you go in the NFL to win a Super Bowl ring. These guys have won a Super Bowl ring now. It's for, up to Andy Reid to try and motivate them to make that a second Super Bowl ring and a third Super Bowl ring. And that's what sets the great teams apart, the, you know, the dynasties, you know, Tom Brady with his six. Mm. And I think Patrick Mahomes... This is for people who don't know, for British... He's the, the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. I mean, he's a phenomenal player. He's a phenomenal athlete. He has a great arm. He has great vision. He has great feet. But he has a great team around him. He was a rookie year three years ago, came in towards the end of the season to replace Alex Smith, then led the Chiefs to the AFC Championship game where they lost to Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, who then went on to win the Super Bowl 53. And then the Chiefs went one better this time, uh, or two better, if you like, got to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. And they will be very, very strong again. If I was a betting man, I'd probably keep my money in my pocket. But it's it's you know it's it's a hard league and you know COVID aside it would be it would be it would be tough to call, but even but with when you've got the elements of COVID in there as well and you know play, players will go down injured players will players may catch COVID players you know players might have to go into quarantine and, and it affects and it can affect anything so it's well I I I hope the Chiefs do it again because uh, having watched bits of them last year. I thought it, they are one. It's one of the most exciting sporting teams of any sport I've seen. They're just incredible to watch, and Mahomes particularly. Yes, I mean, the, the, I mean, he's he's blessed with a lot of very very good players around him. A lot of very quick players, a lot of very athletic players. Uh, he's got Tyreek Hill, who's just so quick. He can stretch the field. You've got Travis Kelsey coming underneath from tight end, who provides an option. You well, you've got Damian Williams now. He's obviously one of the players sitting out the season. But you know they they have players everywhere. They have playmakers everywhere, and and in Mahomes they have a guy who is just a phenomenal phenomenal athlete. And I mean, just to touch back to what I said earlier, had he missed the season, had he sat out the season, that's when the NFL would have to probably start rethinking. But he's going to be there, and I think it's it's good for the game. 
that he will be. And I think it's it's great that the, the league are doing their best to press ahead with the season because it will people people do want to watch it. People uh, they want to see these guys play. That's what that's what they're there for. Well, Charles, I will hope you will uh, join us again before the Super Bowl. Yes, hopefully. Unless it's well, to be honest, as if long as the Super Bowl is going ahead, then the uh, then the season will have at least been a success from the, from the league's point of view. So uh, let's let's hope so. Thanks for joining us. Brilliant. Josh. Cheers, Freddie. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Americano. And I'd like to encourage you all to give us your feedback, positive comments or constructive comments only, please, to podcast at spectator.co.uk and say anything you like there as long as it's reasonably polite.